Okay, so. Oh yeah, we should we should like do this. We need to like go. I need to go back and like listen through the old ones and find out how we introduce them, so we can try to introduce some kind of like regularity, or not. Yeah, why would we, why would we do that? Why would That's we true. be regular when <laughs> we can be extraordinary? Deep. That was our lead-in. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Hamsteak Podcast. This is episode 7. Uh, this is a podcast where we read Homestuck, a long-form uh, internet comic multimedia kind of thing. I'm Alex, and I have not read Homestuck before. I'm Lydia, and I have. And we are now several hundred pages in to this adventure. In fact, today we are finishing Act 2. We are, uh, which is really exciting, because there's going to be seven acts um, in Homestuck, so we're two for seven. Is that it, really? I thought it was way more... Like, so here's the deal, is like... One... They get longer, right? Oh my god, do they ever. The, and the <laughs> acts get longer, and there's intermissions between the acts. There's like intermissions way longer than this act, I think. Right. Um, this is going to be our seventh episode, so it's about 750 pages. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, 7,000 pages, I think. Okay. So we're maybe, well, like, a tenth of the way. That's actually way better than I thought. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Homestuck. Um, so we start off this week... Uh, so the pages that we're actually reading this week are pages 25, 14 through 20... Whoops, let's scroll to the end. 26, 59. 26, 59, yes. All right, so so yeah, so we pick up we pick up on twenty five fourteen, and Alex accidentally read three of these pages already. So why don't I, you summarize? Because you read them twice. <laughs> uh, well, literally, all that happens is John is wasting time. He's making like a fort out of these uh, dowels, and yeah, that's it. His tent is very like artfully constructed. Like I don't think that I would have. It would have, like, taken me a while to think to build a tent the way that he builds it. He, it really, it's one of the funniest things about the comic so far is how, like, these kids are all still in, like, mortal peril. Like, everything is, like, the world is falling apart around them. And they still find time to just dick around and make jabs at each other and write ridiculously long things Right, like game game facts and like quasi sonnets and like raps and stuff. They're all <laughs> yeah. like generating these like bodies of work yeah. that like any like Twitter famous person would probably be envious of, or like internet famous person like putting out like <laughs> this much content at this kind of a pace. And um, they're just like these teens. Yeah, which I guess that's teens for you. They can write a whole lot. I, I I wonder if any of our listeners are teens. If you if you guys are teens, I'm sorry that if the way that we say teens sounds disparaging. <laughs> it's absolutely not. I it's I don't know. You can't explain to a teen the way that not being a teen feels. It's really weird. It's really weird because it's like this weird awareness of like knowing how much of like a, a person you felt like as a teen, but then the way that the world doesn't treat you like a person. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is why I think it's really good that um, like 
young adult fiction is such a big thick part of our culture and like just having teen characters who are real characters is a normal thing like i think it could easily go the other way where we just don't pay attention to how teens feel Mm-hmm. although i mean like <laughs> capitalism kind of dictates that we can't because teens can have like spend such an overwhelming proportion of their disposable income on entertainment <laughs> that's true I mean, there's probably other reasons, like, that young people just have a voracious appetite for stories and, like, stories they, they can identify with, but yeah, let's talk about True. Homestuck. Well, that's, I was talking about Homestuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what this is. Um, so, yeah, so Dave is making more of these uh, totems out of these dowels with, what's the machine called? Um, well, so the kid is called John. <laughs> What did I say? You said Dave. Oh. Dave doesn't get around, around to this for, like, another while. I meant to say John. That's okay. But, yeah, so they're called... So the machine is called... Oh, um, the one that... He's putting the totems into the totem lathe. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. The lathe. The, like, the only one of them that doesn't have a ridiculous... I mean, lathe is kind of a ridiculous word in the first place. It's a good... It's- no, it's a it's good a, sound. It's a lathe? Yeah. Lathe. I'm a fan. I'm pretty sure lathe doesn't r- rhyme with anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, like now working together, Rose and John can actually craft items instead of ex- just ex- extruding the house. <laughs> right. So they're not just going to be building steadily upward. They're actually going to be... Right. Yep. So they can actually do stuff. Like they can... Like Rose makes a bunch of hammers. Yep. She makes a bunch of hammers, a bunch of capsule on cards. Um, and then, then, I'm a huge fan of this, like, plot development. John, like, takes this, this card that he punched with the code. Um, he just, like, typed a random code and had it punch that, like, card with that code. And then he mm-hmm. sticks it into the machine. He sticks it into the totem lathe, totem lathe. And what he gets is, like, a rocket pack with, like, a cinder block and, like, part of a potted plant, like, spliced into it. Yeah, so it's like uh, an amalgam object that's completely useless. It's like got half a violin sticking out. Yes. <laughs> um, but then Rose drops it on an imp, and so I assume that it uh, gains experience. <laughs> yes, that rocket pack is out there somewhere, like, still slowly leveling up. Yep. And uh, I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. And I wish it well. Um, so John is slowly learning to use his Syllodex strategically. Um, he takes all of these Capitalog cards that Rose was able to make for him with mm-hmm. these, these, car- these, uh, cards that he punched. And so now he's got a much bigger Syllodex. Um, and then he tries, so there's this, this baffling aside starting on page 2529, um, that where we actually read, um, if you remember, this is a book that like was in John's magic chest that he's been carrying around for a while. Um, and it's, um, um, Mike Caveney, wise guy by somebody else, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh no, no, no. It's, um, it's Harry... Nope. You know what? It's just, it's this nonsense. Like, it's a book about a magician by another magician. Um, Just read it, because I don't understand. If you like to be confused by your... (laughs) I love media that I cannot parse. 
Huh. <laughs> Just read it. Um, but so then from it, he gets the idea to put two punched cards into the machine at the same time. Yeah. So he does. He takes the, the pogo rat and the hammer, right? That's right. And so he makes a combination object, which is a pogo-themed hammer. Yes. And it, like, has this, like, I guess special move where, like, if you, like, bonk it, like, back and forth enough times, you can, which John does, he, like, gets, like, you get, like, a good rhythm going, and then you can, like, one-shot an imp. (laughs) Except with the caveat that you will, like, fling yourself. Yeah, because it's all springy. Yes. Um, which is just excellent. I had forgotten, we get a lot of really good sight gags in this, like, week's reading, and I had forgotten how many of them there are in this comic. Yeah, it's good. Um, oh, I also wanted to point out, if you guys are re- recurring readers, you know why they're there. Um, 2538 is another arm sighting. There's an, there's an arm sticking oh, out of right. the, remember, sticking. there's just arms now. Right, right now, I, yeah. <laughs> there's an was... arm. I did not notice that. Yeah, it's weird that they're, like, hidden like that. It psychs me out. Um, yeah. Well, I, they're, they're, they're meant for return reader, readers, because you don't get to know what they are until much later, right? Yeah, no, not for many thousands of pages. Yeah, so, um, so John is, uh, flung into the air by his special attack, but Rose catches him with the bed. Yeah, and then he's, like, talking to her about how, like, I'm just gonna, like, take a nap, I need you to watch out for me, and she's like, no, 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 I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, like, experiment with some stuff, like, you should defend yourself and, like, try and level up, and he's like, alright, that's cool, but I'm just gonna, in, like, the classic trope, like, I'm just gonna rest my eyes for a second, and he passes out. Yeah. Because he's exhausted, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we pan down from John, like, down his house, and, like, a floor below him, and it's just, like, a really, really... Big foot. Yes. And big hands somewhere else. So, um, there's some, like, big bads coming. Yeah. Meanwhile, John is asleep and Rose is not paying attention. (laughs) Um, but meanwhile, Rose is trying to figure out how to send John the code for the server copy of the game, I guess, thinking that, like, maybe he could bring her in and save her from this meteor, or this forest fire. Yeah, but the, uh, the card that the, uh, disc is on has no capture code, which is the first that we know of, like, the first object in this world they live in that doesn't have a code, which is very strange. Right, because Silidexes are not meant to be part of the game construct of Suburb. They're, like, something that John had from the beginning, like, before he ever put the game in. Yeah, the, like, the world that these kids live in, that's their normal world, is one where they have, they have inventories, basically, and all objects are cards that they have to access. Right, and, um, yeah, so it's, like, really strange that... So Rose, like, face palms when she sees that the disc has no code, and I can't figure out if that's, like, because it's supposed to be, like, obvious somehow that the disc shouldn't have a code. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. Eh. I think it was mostly to set up for the epic double face palm or whatever it was called, a couple pages later. Yeah, um, that's a scary... The, like, suspense there is, like, real. Her, her generator blows up. 
Um, cause it's like a gas generator and like there's, um, a fire. Yeah. <laughs> so her laptop dies and she's alone in this mausoleum, pausoleum, meowsoleum, <laughs> if you will. And, um, she's got no power. She can't, she can't help John who's asleep with monsters coming. She's about to get like burned alive in this like forest fire. I don't know. I'm like worried for my girl. Yeah. So then we get an an animation of John sleeping. We do. So he seems to be uh, looking up at the um, at the gate above his house, mm-hmm. and he sees this blue sky with clouds. And the clouds are coming towards him, and they turn into like uh, shadows, or not shadows. They turn into uh, faces. Turn into his dad's face, um, and I think an imp. I didn't jot down what the faces were. Me neither. You're good. <laughs> um, but basically, there's just a bunch of stuff, and some of it is familiar, and I think some of it is not. And then at the end, there is just these flashing images, including a pumpkin. That was the only one that I really caught my eye. <laughs> um, and we find out later in this reading, I guess, what the pumpkin's about. Right. Unless there's more about the pumpkin, which <laughs> there might be. Um, but then we also see a silhouette of someone who looks like the ki- the kids we've seen so far, like the same body type, but with long hair. And so I assume that that is Gigi's silhouette, the fourth child that we have not yet met. Whoa! Yeah, that's totally her silhouette. Yeah, I thought so. Um, So then John John and and Gigi have a conversation, right? Yeah, which is the first time we've heard from her in a while. Right, and meanwhile John is supposedly asleep. Yeah, so it's not quite clear if he woke up and got her text, or if she's texting him in his sleep. Um, Which is possible, because she is, as Lydia has said in some form, psychic. And also, John, in this either a dream or reality, just kind of straight up says, look, are you psychic or something? Wait, and but she, she ducks the question Yeah, completely. she just dan- she dances around it and changes the subject. They're, they're so, like, accepting of the fact that she's cagey. We're going to see, like, an even, like, more extreme example of this. Um, Good. A couple way more extreme examples of this. Much later on. Um, much, much later on. But it's going to be awesome when it happens. Like, this whole just, like, taking for granted what your internet friends tell you and, like, not wanting to press them on things. And so, <laughs> like, their realities are just way more bonkers than you could possibly imagine. Nice. Um, but so John does finally wake up, and he bees the imp. Yeah, so um, he and an imp... That were that was um, kind of poking around his bed. Uh, suddenly, see a shadow of the big thing coming up over the house, and they both cower behind the bed. <laughs> and then John bees the imp, and they use an umbrella to get down off the top of the house. Sure, why not? Yeah, and then <laughs> the the uh, what's the, is there a word for? Um, the text, like the the next page text. No, like, we should like invent one. 
the the action. Sure. The action is you be the imp and quickly quickly. <laughs> you be the imp and quickly abscond the fuck out of there. Which is just a really good phrasing. It is really good. I love the words in this story. Yeah. I've never read anyone else who writes remotely this way or, like, writes jokes remotely this way, and I love them. <laughs> a lot. Um, also on that page, we get a, um, it's, it's just something about, like, how, like, oh, this battle is un- unavoidable. And then it's in, like, Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff text in a link to a Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. It's, uh, we're doing this, man. We're doing it, man. We're making this happen. Mm-hmm. And it's a link to that comic, and I think we've talked about it already on this podcast, so I won't rehash it. Yeah, that's the stairs one, right? Or mm-hmm. no, it's the other one. Uh, yeah, I think it's just like a, like a bro fist hug bump. Yeah, that's yeah. You're right. Um, We're and, doing it, man. We're making this happen. But like, so when I read this, I had just spent like last night. I like went into a little bit of like a few state, like um, obsessively scrolling through. Um, a bunch of, like, Star Wars fan art, and so I couldn't not see <laughs> Sweet Brown Hella Jeff as Finn and Poe. Nice. Like, doing a bro hug bump. That is really good. Um, yeah, so, so that all goes down, and you read that lovely Sweet Bro comic, and then Dave Ascend to the Highest Point in the Building, I think is the name of the Flash, right? Or, like, that's the action that you click to go onto it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's a really good flash. Yeah, it is, um, there's really good music, and we kind of cut to, a, like, basically everyone we've met so far, including, um, John's father and Rose's mother, just to kind of catch up with them. Um, Rose's mother is just kind of standing in her house. But Dave's father uh, is being led somewhere by imps in handcuffs, mm-hmm. but they are actually John's trick handcuffs from his chest of magic stuff. So we see him uh, break out of the handcuffs. Wait, I we think don't... that's a different. I think that's a different flash. Oh, is it? It's oh. a different. That's the second flash. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Spoilers for like twenty minutes from now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's this is just the one. It's um. It's. Just a dramatic thing of Dave, like, what does he do? He catalogs um, a heap of Muppet Muppet rumps. Yeah. um, And then he uh, just dramatically, like, grabs weapons and, like, climbs up to the roof. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's an, I don't have a timestamp for it, but there's an animation, if you've read this before, you know what I'm talking about. Of Dave's, like, because he reuses it a lot and just recolors it, and it's just one foot climbing the stairs, and really? I hate I've... it. Oh, I loved it. It's so weird looking. I hate it. It looks like oh, a disembodied was... mitten hand. It was bizarre, but it was just, like, because it was to the beat. Um, and we get, like, a close-up of Dave's sunglasses kind of moving a pixel up and down to the beat, and then to the side, to the beat. <laughs> It was just a really good, it was a really good flash, and the song was very good. Yeah, it's it's a really fun track. I need to look up what that track is mm-hmm. for our um, show notes. Yes. Um, and then it psychs, like it does an O-psych mm-hmm. to Gigi, I assume, because she looks like the other kids. 
and she's adorable. Like, she's got, like, an overbite. And, yeah. But then it immediately psychs, double psychs, to the wandering vagabond, or the wayward vagabond. Yep. So we're going to spend some time with him now. <laughs> I'm glad that you think that Gigi is adorable, because I think she's adorable, too. <laughs> she's... She's such a good kid. Um, so yeah, so then we spend some time, um, we spend some time with Wayward Vagabond, who among other, like, special abilities, he doesn't actually have that many, but one of his special abilities is, um, he can pick things up. So is he, is that a special ability, or is it just that his species doesn't have the Psyllidex I think that's the deal. I mean, I'm being facetious by calling it a special ability. He's, his special abilities are, like, being like being starving and alone in a desert. Yeah, so this is the first time that we're being him, basically, like the first time we're giving him actions. Right. This is the first time we're interacting with him in the the normal comic interface instead of like as a story file or just seeing him yelling at John. Yeah, and so what that means is that basically, like the actions. I, I like the I like the word actions for these. Um. <laughs> The actions are saying things that we've said to the others, but some of them just don't apply to him. Like, put it in your Psyllidex. He's like, what the heck is a Psyllidex? And then the action is just like, just pick it up. And then he's like, "I, you just picked it up. You are now holding it. Yeah. Right. And you can, like, see him, like, holding these... He starts picking up... He finds, like, a bunch of cans... Yeah. Like, canned food with his arms, and we sort of get acquainted with, like... So he's drawn in this very generic, cartoony style, but by way of, like, describing the character to him, like, I think this is one of those things where he may have still had um, readers submitting some stuff, because they're like, just, like, punch into the can with your pointy fingers, and he's like, your fingers are, like, they're hard and they're pointy, but you're, like, a little weak noodle child and you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, just bite into it with your sharp fangs. And they're like, nah, you got, uh, like, horse yeah. teeth. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, like, so here's the thing is I'm, I got really sidetracked and spent, like, 40 minutes researching the physiology of his species. Oh. Because well, I've, what, sorry. Well, that's good because I have a couple of questions later on. Later on about him? Uh, yeah, because there's a couple of things, or maybe just one thing. But it will get to it in a, in a minute. Uh, is that the bit where he eats the lump of nuclear waste? Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we can talk about that when we get there, I guess. Um, I find it really... So what we do for this show is we have our notes in columns, and we, like, line them up by page number. Mine for 2577 says, Alex, what do you think about WV, WV's barcode? And Alex just says, WV has a barcode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So no, no further interest. You're not like, what does well, it I, mean? I, I hadn't. Well, if if I had had the question before me, I would have thought more about it. Well, it's in front of you now. It's before yeah. you now. Well, I think it's a nice barcode. It's uh, it's got nine. It's, it's nine squares. Um, kind of differently oriented. So it's like. Yeah, it's a nice barcode. That's all I have to say about it. I agree. The visual design is is very good. Um, and it obviously it draws a parallel to uh, the captchas and stuff that we've seen. True. Also, um, it also draws a parallel to um, chessboards. 
yeah. Just yeah, like that's true. keep that in mind. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep nudging you about that because I think you're actually meant to pick up on that and uh, you didn't, so I'm going well, like, to nudge picked, you about I, it. Well, yeah, I, I, okay. Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> um, then he eats. There's like a potted plant also that's somehow been kept alive in this like vault and he just eats it. <laughs> <laughs> so like I guess if that was for restoring the planet, like nah. Yeah, he, he just tries to eat pretty uh, much everything he can. Yeah. Um, and he also tries to open the cans with his knife, which is uh, a rusty mail flag, like the stuff, the, the thing you put on a mailbox that we mentioned in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you asked me what I, what my name for it was, and I said we don't really have it here. Um, and then WV does not know if it's to announce mail or to tell the mailman that there's mail there, uh, which I don't know either. <laughs> So I felt some bonding with him. I think there may be no convention. I think the mail person, when they reach your mailbox, just does the opposite of whatever it was. <laughs> they just put they put mail in if there's mail, and they take mail out if there's mail for them to take out. Yeah. There's no need for the flag to be there. Well, because I, I think the real point of the flag is for you to see it's in a different position, my mail's here. Oh, maybe. And, like, it's convenient. I mean, like, because I think they probably, like, do it in, like, a like a one, or, like, they, they like, carefully choreograph the way that they insert the mail. And so, like, it's important for them to know <laughs> so you don't, like, jack up their really, workflow. That's a really funny image. What? They carefully choreograph the way they insert the mail. Well, like, because like, it's, like, you you know, like, you do it a bajillion times a day, so you just, like, all right, like, I got my, my mail... Box opening hand ready. I got the mail in my other hand. I open the box. The flag's down, so I know there's no mail in there. So I know I can just open it, stick the mail in, close it, and be on my way. Right? Whereas, like, instead of, like, opening it, going to stick the mail in, but there's mail there. So now you, like, you've got the incoming mail mixed with the outgoing mail, and you gotta, like, take it out and, like, sort it, and you're stopped in the middle of the road, so there's, like, people behind you, like, honking... And it's just bad. <laughs> I appreciate how much thought you've put into this. Thanks. I'm trying to get a PhD you're, in, like, human factors or something. Like, I need to think about this stuff. You're mailman role-playing. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, here, um, Wayward Vagabond picks up a piece of uranium and tries to eat it. He does eat it. He eats it, okay. <laughs> um, and it does the uh, the cartoonish, like zap x-ray thing to signify radiation yep which i'm fine with my question my the thing that bothers me about this overlooking the nuclear waste being edible and fine what bothers <laughs> well, me is well it's, it's not really fine like he's like i shouldn't have done that mm. um what bothers me is that he has a human skeleton inside him but he also has it's been established that he has a carapace like an exoskeleton mm-hmm. my question is what <laughs> So, I've got links that I'm not going to tell you to actually go to, because there's, like, vague spoilers in them, but there's also a ton of biology exposition in them. (laughs) Um, And there's a person who, a number of years ago, did a lot of really involved sort of xenobiology about Homestuck, and they have a really great post about the carapace people. Um, Which, that's the best name we have for them, is the carapace people, or, like, some people call them other stuff, but... 
a lot of people just call them carapace people. Um, and they, so the deal is, a carapace is not technically an insectoid exoskeleton. An exoskeleton is a kind of carapace. Okay. Right? So a carapace just means um, hard plates on right. your general exterior, right? So an example of a carapace is like a tortoise shell. Okay. Right? Yeah, I see. I see. Um, or even like a tortoise's like stomach plate, right? Where it's like inside their skin, um, uh-huh. but not, like, it, it's not outside their skin, but it's outside of everything else. Yeah, I, okay, I understand. Um, and like, obviously, like, tortoises like still have skeletons. And so that was the point that the person was making is like, lots of things with carapaces still have skeletons. Anything big with a carapace has to have, I mean, this is a fantasy comic, but. Right. It makes perfect sense that he would have a skeleton because he's pretty big. Okay. I mean, that raises more questions about whether he's uh, an earth by a, a organism, but let's not go into that because that's spoilers, obviously. It's like, you don't even know how spoilery it is. <laughs> oh, I want to talk about it so much. We have to read so many And we will. Pages. We will eventually. <sighs> but I mean, if you bring up like biology stuff with me, I'm going to start asking questions that'll go into spoilery stuff. Okay. Um, okay. Hold on. Oh, okay. Homestuck. Yep. Not biology. So, so we're hanging out with WV in his little nuclear vault and... Yeah. Oh, um, we should mention, um, the, ma- the town he makes out of cans. Yeah. Oh my God. Can town is so important. It's, it's really nice. Um, so he makes himself mayor and then he's like, I'm not a king. I hate kings. And he goes on a tirade about kings. So I assume that the Carapace people have some kind of uh, overlord who gives them barcodes and is generally not nice to them. But don't confirm or deny that. I'm like stifling a scream. Lydia, this entire podcast is me saying, do not confirm or deny that. You're going to have to get used to it. I know, but, like, we're getting into, like, like the plot is thickening, and I'm like, it's happening, it's happening, and you're just like, well, they sure don't like kings. (laughs) (laughs) There's reasons. Yeah, I know, but you can't tell me. I'm dying. Oh, man. Oh, I got, like, a little bit, like, verklempt when I, like, saw the, like, God, you hate kings thing, because I had completely forgotten about that, and his little, like, thing where he makes the firefly, like, the light of democracy, and, like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> that's That's another thing, um, that he finds, so in, in this room that he's in, in the bunker, um, there's a firefly stuck in a piece of amber, but the firefly's still alive. So that's that's the thing. Yep. And so for a while he puts her in his little can town hall. Um, yes, to as, be the, the as the light of democracy. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but so then he, he builds can town and then he's like, well, I can't really do much of anything else here. So he finds some chalk and he just starts like decorating. That's a bit later. Um, first. Oh, right. He... You have a bunch of stuff to say before then. Or wait. No, he doesn't. On. He's just... Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, the chalk is the chalk is now. Ch- He's, first, first he eats some of the chalk. Yeah. So there's no green chalk. So then he draws some nice blue trees. Yes. <laughs> um, and then he does what is... What he says is um, 
a series of, oh God, it's so interesting that he conceptualizes it this way. Um, he, I'll, I'll try to explain. Um, <clears throat> so he, he decides to, um, expand Cantown out into the boonies, basically the other side of the room, um, by delineating zones for a uh, future expansion of the town with chalk. But what he actually does is, um, he makes a chessboard and he thinks he like he's, he sees it as different uh, zones for the city. There's like uh, farmland and commercial zones, but it's a it's a chessboard. Yeah, it's just a grid. <laughs> it's literally a chessboard. Um, do you see the parallels? Uh, not yes. only is it a chessboard, but then he acts out. Um, he acts out. A no, not yet. training exercise or a battle between like two lines. Of, oh well, this happens a little bit later. But we because ha- we have to go in order here. We can. I mean, we can talk about that. Like we can just. No, we have to go in order. Okay, here. fine. But so he makes that he he divides it up into residential and commercial districts with white chalk and black oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he starts drawing on the walls and he makes a he basically designs like a cosmology. Yeah. So. My, yeah, so I'm wondering if that's, like, completely made up, or if that's, um, the world that he lives in. Like, he's trying to, uh, make a realistic night sky with all these planets that he knows. Do you want me to say anything? Nope. (laughs) Um, okay. Um, I will say that it's interesting that it seems like it's he's not sure whether he's inventing this or remembering it. Hmm. Um, hmm. And then you're like, oh god, it's just an Apple keyboard. It is just an Apple keyboard on the little console that he's been using to talk to John through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an Apple keyboard. And then yes. he notices that it's got like the one screen with John. He's like, well, what's on these other screens? Like, how do I switch through? He presses tab. So he presses tab. Uh, and instead of switching to another screen, that opens a wall panel, and the compartment is full of uh, cans of tab, which, is that a real soft drink? Mm-hmm. I believe okay. it was the original, like, diet soda. Oh, okay. I'm not sure, though. Well, I don't think it. I don't think it's a diet soda, because it's full of sugar, and he gets a caffeine and sugar rush. Um, tab, drinks- soft, no, it's, um... I'm reading the Wikipedia article right now. Um, yeah, it's um, it's sugar-free. Okay. Yeah, there was a big controversy where the the original um, sweetener. There were some studies coming out saying that it was carcinogenic, but um, recent studies have found that it's not, in fact, carcinogenic. What aspartame? Um, no, sodium saccharin. Okay. Um, and then, but Diet Coke um, quickly superseded it, apparently, after its introduction. And it's called Tab. I just learned this from Wikipedia because it's marketed to people who want to, quote unquote, keep tabs on their weight. <laughs> so I was just like, what the hell kind of a name for a soft drink is Tab? That's funny. I thought it was because of the, the, like, the tabs on the top. Thing. Right, because that was novel, too. At some point. Like, they introduce a different kind of tab. Hmm. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway, there's this really great visual gag where it's just like, 
WV, press tag as the action, and you click that action, and it's just, like, a door falling forward, and a ton of, like, tab is hot pink, so it's just very funny, like, this, like, enormous amount of soda spilling forward, and he loses his fucking mind, he's been (laughs) wandering around the desert. Yeah. So, yeah, he, uh, he has a tab party. Yes, he does. Um, but meanwhile, I, I forget, I think before or after that, he, like, actually is tabbing through the different, um... It's after. Uh, right. Um, he, he he gets distracted by um, the tab quite a bit for quite a long time. That's true. Because he drinks a bunch of them and they're empty cans, so he adds them to Cantown. Um, and then, using uh, cans of food and empty can, t- uh, can or tab cans, um, that's when he does the game of chess uh, slash military exercise. Right, and if you look, he literally, um, I, w- I would love to go through and see if he's actually playing it according to the rules of chess. Right, because it's, it's in this, uh, is it an animation, or is it uh, a gif? It's just a gif, it's like a really long gif. Yeah, but he's, like, he's basically hyper-caffeinated at this point, and basically plays a game of chess against himself by jumping around the screen, yep. and like taking breaks to just chug two tabs at once and like spurt them out like a fountain it's beautiful it's it's a really amazing uh sequence and i love him he's so great um but so he does that and then um then he is looking at these screens and we see so we see the wizard statue that we've seen before in rose's um living room Mm -hmm. from like a horrifying angle um, then, yeah. <laughs> I love that image of a wizard. It's yeah. so hideous. It's also like the hand is broken off. Like it's it's a very disturbing wizard statue angle. So make note that the hand is broken off because we do see it before it loses its hand. Uh, okay. That, yeah, that makes sense because uh, we also see on Dave's screen that he is in the middle of fighting a monster. And that hasn't happened in the comic yet, so we can assume that in uh, WV's storyline, we are a bit ahead. Do you want... Can I say anything about that? Nope. Ah! Nope. Yes, fine. Uh, no, it's okay. It's not really relevant anyway. Okay. Um, and he does not show us GG. It literally... Is, his excuse for not doing it is just like, you've already wasted enough time on this thing or something. You don't think you'll see anything interesting there. Yeah, exactly. Like, thanks, bud. <laughs> um, um, so he's like, he's messing around with the computer, and he locks himself out of the computer for four hours and thirteen minutes. Whoops. <laughs> um. So yeah, wait, wait, wait. He locks himself out. I'm gonna double check that page because I don't think that's what's happening there. Well, the like, there's a countdown going, and he can't do anything else on the computer. Um. Right. I don't think it's four hours and 13 minutes, though. I think it's, um... Yeah, no, it is. It is four hours and 13 minutes. That's so odd. Yeah, and then he spends... So he spends some more time with, uh, Cantown, because he can't do anything else. Right. Oh, so that... It's at that point, once he tries to, like, reboot the system and he can't, that, um... That he goes and he does his whole chess exercise with his can people. And it is an right. animation, in fact, and there's a there's excellent music to it. You're right. Yeah, we're we're a bit scrambled on the timing, but that's fine. Yes. 
Um, and then, so after he messes around with the can people, um, we cut to another story file of a peregrine mendicant mm-hmm. pushing a cart of um, mailboxes <laughs> through the desert. Yeah. What do you think so of it, this character? Uh, I think that her design is cool. Um, she's another desert dweller. Mm-hmm. And I only know that she's a girl because uh, your note was Peregrine Mendicant, my girl! Yes. Oh, she's yeah, all these characters are, are pretty totally genderless in terms of how <laughs> they're drawn. They, right. like, have gender. Like, it, like, comes up later on, but, like, you, they're not drawn in a gendered way really at all. She's just, she looks like, I'm sorry, I know that's, like, a semi-spoiler, but I don't think it's, like, important at all. Like, it's not plot-relevant in any way. Um, but I love her. Um, she's, um, she is a carapace person as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so she's just drawn as this, like, cartoonish, um, like, very simple person with, like, pointy fingers. She's all wrapped up in, like, scraps of clothing. Um, but whereas, like, um, WV is, like, um... Ink black. She's paper white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's like F F F F F F white. Yes, like the Homestuck kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll call her PM from here on out because that's okay. That's just that's the convention. Nice. And you uh, you put the um, etymology of peregrine mendicant here, which was thoughtful. I did, yeah, because so I wasn't actually sure at all what either of those words meant. Um, I only had ever heard peregrine as, like, the peregrine falcon. Yeah. I thought that mendicant meant, um, like, it was a specific religious order, which I think it is, but I guess that has, uh, been whatever the word is, into the more generic, genericized, (laughs) into, into beggar. Maybe, yeah. I, I would think that must be what it is, because when I look at it, I see Mendax, which means a liar, um, uh-huh. which it definitely isn't. Nope. So. No, that yeah, they were, well, I guess, I, they must have been the religious sect that, uh, they were the ones, as opposed to, I think, the Franciscans, um, who, like, threw away all their stuff and became beggars for the church. I see. I think. I didn't know that. I'd never heard that. And I was raised a Catholic, so, like, I should know. Well, no, that was, uh, that wasn't, well, that was, like, in the Renaissance. That was, I I, I never learned that until I took some Renaissance art courses. Okay. Well, then I'm just a regular pleb. I can feel I can feel good in that. But anyway, yeah, so peregrine just means foreign or alien or coming from abroad, but I think it's more the secondary meaning, which means wandering, traveling, or migrating. I agree. Which... I think that is, uh, I think that means that the two have the same name. Yep. The same meaning for their names, which is interesting. I think it's time to go to um, listener questions. Yeah, uh, our first question is from nobody, because we didn't get any. No! Uh, partly because we didn't ask. We didn't put out a post, which we probably should from now on. (laughs) Yeah. Before recording. 
Yeah, I need to so like, I'm be not, on I'm, that. <laughs> well, I can be on it, too. That's true. We can do it together. Um, except we can't, because we can't edit each other's posts on the blog. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's weird. Um, anyway. Mm. So if you'd like to send us a question for next time, you can do so uh, through Tumblr at... Uh, hamsteakpodcast.tumblr.com or through Twitter uh, if you at hamsteakpodcast or through email if you email hamsteakpodcast at gmail.com It's true. And uh, if you want to find us on the internet, um, you can track down Alex on Tumblr as leafcrunch and on Twitter, confusingly, as crunchleaf. Well, I don't think that's very confusing. But you can uh, find Lydia at Brickchip on both platforms. Even less, it's just it's just less confusing. What having Brickchip for both? Yeah. Well, I agree, but Leaf Crunch is taken on Twitter, and I'm not changing my <laughs> Tumblr name to Crunchleaf. <laughs> Fair enough. It's not very confusing. It's just I my my tiny pea brain like has difficulty oh. with it sometimes. I just get. It's not, it's not like I actually struggle to, like, identify you. It's just that I look at it for a second and I'm like, oh. Oh, no, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a contingency plan for sure. It's not ideal for anyone involved. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's livable. It's a living. <laughs> Out here in the Twitter mines. <laughs> the podcast quarry. <laughs> Um, yep. gotta ration my memes or something. Ration your memes. <laughs> For the hard or times like, ahead. Like, uh, a prospector. Like, oh, there's memes in them mountains. It's been, so it's been a memes gold rush and the gold rush is ending because Tumblr's gonna get shut down. Ah, uh, thank God. Yep. <laughs> it's been flooding the market, honestly. Tumblr? No, memes. The meme market has been so inflated. Yeah, but okay, so I kind of feel like it's been more inflated by Facebook than anything else. Not really, because those are... Facebook memes are, like, secondary market. Like, they are... Those are not fresh memes. Those are very much, uh... Kind of traded... It's like Antiques Roadshow of memes. It is not the Antiques Roadshow of memes, because the, the size of the market is just so much larger. It's it's the equivalent of, like, the mainstream processed foods market to, like, the... <laughs> the fine, fine cuisine market? Yeah, the, well, the, like, the... Like, the, <laughs> I feel dirty <laughs> having this conversation. Trickle-down meme... meme yeah, bleh, excuse me. Trickle-down meme economy? Yes! Facebook is the bottom... Yes. Actually, no, like, 9gag and those things are the bottom. Well, no, because Facebook gets them from there, too. Yeah, Facebook is the bottom. <laughs> Facebook is just the bottom in general of humanity. Yeah. Well, I mean, except that, like, my mom spends a lot of time on there. My mom is not the bottom of humanity. But, like, her media consumption that's not, that's patterns kind of are. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like Facebook is fine as a service, and, like, 
people are always like, oh, when is Facebook going to shut down? I don't think Facebook's ever going to shut down. I think it's just going to evolve into a public service. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe one that's heavily advertised, but or like heavy, he, like heavy with advertisements. Right. But it's not going to... It's it's not. Um, it doesn't make sense as a business. No. It it makes sense as a like a public platform. Yes. I can. Anyway. Sorry. What? No, just those are my fresh Facebook opinions. Those are pretty fresh. I would say they get a good rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye.